0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
2: Well,
3: good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and I'm here for the next couple hours talking about cars and car repair stuff. And you're welcome to join us if you like, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. I'm an ASE Master Certified Technician. I've been uh, in the car repair business since 1968 when I worked at a gas station. 1979, I opened up my own shop, and today I own my own shop. Um, I know right from wrong. Um, I work for insurance companies, law enforcement, and certain lawyers with respect to disputes around and centered around car repair. Um, I just want to tell you right now, my butt is on fire like you can't believe. I got some information yesterday um, that is just, uh, well, you can decide for yourself. Here's the deal. There's been a couple of companies that have come in and purchased big auto repair shops. Um, they've purchased friends of mine shops. They've retired these guys. Um, there is a uh, a percentage of a number EBITDA, and that percentage times the factor that's the amount that they write him the check for. The, the owner walks out the door, and the owner gets to keep the building and the land, and he collects rent, and hopefully he doesn't have a mortgage on it, and that means the rent goes to him. All that stuff's happening at a very fast and rapid rate. There's lots and lots of shops in town that have been bought by one of two big companies that is now um, focused on, on Phoenix. So a friend of mine calls me the other day and he says, can I bring my um, truck to you? And I said, sure, what's the matter with it? And he goes, well, it's got a little bit of a mess. And I said, okay, yeah. I said, we're about 10 days out. And I said, but you can you know, make an appointment and bring it in and we'll do the best we can. And he said, well, I just had it into another shop, and, oh, boy, I just want to just shoot myself sometimes. And I say, oh, well, <laughs> what did they say? And he sent me the repair order. And so I, I'm going to tell you this is, this is what it says. Um, the customer says that there's a misfire when the engine gets warm. Um, it, it doesn't um, have it when it's cold. And, and then they go on to explain Here's the end of the deal. The end of the deal is, is the customer went and gets his truck. His truck is not fixed, and the bill is $924. $924.36. It's not fixed. They don't know what's wrong with it. They didn't tell him they knew what's wrong with him. They didn't give him an estimate for the repair of the truck. They did a bunch of testing. They did sell him a battery. They did a bunch of testing and the bill for $924, and he leaves there, and the truck runs the same as it did before. He has a new battery in it, and that's all he's got. This is probably the biggest ripoff I have seen in 10 years, and I'm going to read it to you because it's real simple to read. They start off with, they say, "Um, the tech used his scanner to see which cylinder was causing the issue, but it does not show which one it is. Well, that's because he don't know how to use his scanner, <laughs> or he's got something that he paid $200 for instead of $2,000 for. I don't know, but that's a crazy notion. He did find that the odd number cylinders are 10 PSI fuel pressure lower than the even cylinders. Now, I'm quite sure, and I've contacted shop owners all morning long, nobody has the ability to do what that that sentence says, but here's the here's the correct way to to put this in there somebody wrote it up wrong somebody said it wrong but he says that he he looked at his scanner and he can see a difference in pressure between the lower and the higher numbers it's not pressure it's percentage of participation percentage of participation you got a v8 motor and the motor computer's monitoring the motor running and it's got one cylinder that's not hitting on the spark plug's bad whatever So as the motor runs, all the other cylinders are hitting 99%, and this one's only hitting 10%, 12%. It has nothing to do with the way they wrote it up, which when he he talks about PSI, it's not PSI. He's got a 10% participation on one of the cylinders, and he doesn't even know which one it is. So they write it up, and this is what they say. They say, first of all, the Diag diag charge is $165.00. That's part of this nine hundred and twenty twenty-four dollar bill. The diag charge is supposed to tell you what's wrong with your car. It's not supposed to be. Let me look and see. Oh, I can't tell. I'm sorry. You owe me one sixty-five. That's not the way it's supposed to be. They did. Te- he did tell them that he had to jump start the battery. Please test it, and they did. They did that. They place was $82.50, which is quite high, much higher than the average person would charge in town, but it's kind of in the middle. So um, it's it's on the three-quarter mark of, of where you're at. So it's got a $200 battery in it, and to be specific, it's $199.99, and then $82.50 to replace the battery. So they did that. <laughs> you remember that I said that they replaced the battery because they had to disconnect the cables, and that has plays further down the list here. So then they decide that they've got a problem and they can't t- knows what it is. They don't even represent it correctly on the work order. So they're going to do a a fuel injection flush and we're going to do it not once, but twice. We're going to use a super duper cleaner and then a super 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 duper cleaner. So we're going to do it twice. So the injector on the injector flush We've got $125 in labor, but one of the injector flushes is $89.99 in parts, and the other is $75 in parts. So the injector flush cleaner and labor is $289. Now, they didn't do anything to the motor. They didn't make it better, and they didn't make it worse. They did nothing to further the repair of this car, the diagnosis and repair of this car. Then here's the one that's the kicker. This is the one that's got my panties wadded up so bad,
0: I can hardly talk.
3: They reset the fuel adaptives, okay? Now, most of you have a car with a dashboard that's digital, and you probably have a a fuel economy button on there. Your average fuel economy is 26, and there's a reset button, okay? That's what they did, and they charged them $82.50. Now... When he had his scanner, and they, he charged him for the scanner work, when he had his scanner plugged in, there's one button you just push that says Reset Adaptives. That's it. Just, you push it. You got it plugged in, you push it. But no, they charge him, 100 um, on the diagnostic part, they charge him $165, but then they turn around and charge him in another $82 to push the button. That makes no sense at all. You can push the button. He could have done it from the dashboard to reset. And, and in there, it's it's your average fuel economy, your instant, and your overall long-term average. Those are the kinds of adaptives that it's going to replace. So you can do that in your car. And if you wanted to do it, you take the battery cables off the battery, touch them together, count to two or three, put them back on. Um, you always put positive on first and negative on last. So this the, the pricing structure is so far out of line and 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 how it how it was represented and how how is it that you the customer thinks that it's okay take your car in it's got an intermittent misfire we can see that it's got an intermittent misfire but we can't find it and we can't fix it and we're going to put a new battery in it for you but we're going to charge you 924 dollars, and you're going to leave with a new battery but you're going to leave with the same mess and no diagnosis. And we did do two things, and they were both guesses. Neither one of them fixed your problem. At the end of the day, more than likely, this has a vacuum leak. You'll notice that the even number cylinders are on one side of the block, and the odd number cylinders are on the other side of the block there's clearly a difference in participation on one to the other. So we think that there's a vacuum leak. There's a vacuum leak, the EGR valve stuck open, the PCV valve's bad, the line is bad, the booster's bad. There's a lot of different things that you could go in and figure this car out. If you have a little bit of gray hair, you could figure this car out. So at the end of the day, this is the worst I've seen in 10 years. And I can't believe that he, and, and he's a friend of mine, his name's David, and I can't believe that David is so calm about spending nine hundred and twenty four dollars and thirty six cents, and he left there with nothing more than a new battery, no diagnosis. The injector flush did nothing to fix his problem and um and they reset the adapt uh, 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 the adaptives, which is something that is again a push of a button so this is the worst now what's what's going on in the industry is we've got these two big companies that are buying shops and when they buy the shops now folks let me explain when we we used to buy a part in the 70s and the 80s if we bought the part for five dollars we'd sell it to you for six dollars seven dollars maybe eight dollars but rarely was it two times the parts so that five dollar part later on turned into a ten dollar part now so that's at two times our cost or one you know one time our cost so if you buy something for twenty dollars you sell for forty dollars that's the way it's been for a long time just recently because of a variety of environmental issues that is going to go up a little higher and we're going to have a two and a half times our cost but what they're talking about is five times their cost so if they buy something for ten dollars they're going to sell it for fifty dollars and keep in keep in mind that ten dollars usually is twenty dollars or twenty five dollars but the fact of the matter is and then it makes a difference where you buy it some of the parts houses are going to give you a deep cost and then your list price comes down because you can get your margin. On the dealership side when we buy something from a dealership oftentimes we get a 10% discount so if it's a $200 part we might get a $20 discount we pay 180 for it. Well we really can't sell it and warranty it for 20 bucks. so many of us will mark that dealer price up and you can do that yourself you can figure out what it is if the if the shop puts the part number on the work order you can google that part number and do whatever you want to do with it but the idea is is that the last guy who installs it is going to have to warranty that part and so he should really make the most money on it because his risk is bigger than the guy that sold it to him because the guy that sold it to him all he has to do is replace the alternator so you put an alternator on it failed put another alternator on salem's going to cover the warranty or the labor on it and you just cover the part we're all whole But Salem doesn't sit there with a whole bunch of money that doesn't share it with everybody else that's in the food chain when the alternator fails. So be careful with shops that um, have recently come under new ownership um, because we're seeing that the labor rates are going between 175 and 200. And I want to raise my hand and tell you that we just raised ours to 175 because we just did a complete analysis of all everybody within a five-mile radius of us, and we found out that we're three dollars higher than the average, and I, and I think we're worth three dollars higher than the average. So the, at the end of the day, we're at 175. There's guys out there. We've got a quick lube facility that's I think is 186 an hour. A quick lube facility on a one to ten scale, his window of repair might very well be somewhere in the 1 to 3 range or 1 to 4 range, even 1 to 5 range, I'll give them. But at the 5 to 10 range, that's where the big boys shine. That's where you've got to have your stuff together. You've got to have the equipment. You've got to have the knowledge to diagnose and repair the cars. So you have to lie alignment racks, engine analyzers, to tailpipe emissions, to testing equipment, all that stuff. So anyway, now that I'm done and my heart is beating like really fast, I give you this to just warn you that there's big changes in the auto repair industry from the dealerships, the independents, the chain stores, the mom and pops, everybody's moving around a lot right now. And 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 we're moving around because we follow other people and because some of these shops have been purchased and they've raised their labor rate, they raised their part mark parts markup and so forth. Then the the group of us are watching that happen and we'll pull up underneath them. But there's very few of us that are going to jump on this bandwagon anytime soon. 602
1: Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960, the Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Freshness
0: made easy with Febreze Small Spaces. One
1: continuous freshness that fights odors with no batteries and no outlets. Try Febreze Small Spaces. Ah, but what's a small space? To answer that, we brought in our lawyer.
2: Small spaces include, but are not limited to, <sighs> bathrooms, closets, laundry room, kid room, pet corners, man cave, she sheds, most nooks, and all crannies.
1: There you go. Febreze Small Spaces is the world's most convenient. <clears throat> Febreze Small Spaces is super convenient and never stops freshening for 45 days. Mm-hmm.
0: happy Febreze. La, 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 la.
4: message from the ad council
0: we're here early before they wake up we stay late we stay informed we invest in the latest technology
5: we take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses we work together to make sure we heal their
0: bodies and their minds We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Hey Phoenix, Mike Gallagher here. I cannot wait to join you for the Battleground Talkers Tour coming to Phoenix Sunday afternoon, October 23rd. I'll be there with Charlie Kirk, Brandon Tatum, Seth Liebsen, and several others. It's truly our most important election ever, and you in Arizona are a battleground state. We've got to win in Arizona, which is why I'm so excited to come and join you and discuss the importance of this election with you in person. Join us. I can't wait to be with you again. Ticket information is at 960thepatriot.com. 960thepatriot.com. Welcome back, everybody. Twenty-one minutes
3: after the hour, of ten o'clock. I'm not calmed down a, a bit, but I, I'm uh, I'm really struggling with this. I, I want to comment a couple on a couple other things on the diagnostic of this. When we do diagnostics on your car, our job is is to identify the problem, identify the symptom, and then identify the problem and then bid the problem to repair. So that's the process. So we don't we it's it's very unusual for us to charge a diagnostic fee in this case of $165 and tell you at the end of that we don't know what's the matter with your car. <laughs> we can't tell you what's wrong with your car. The diagnostic fee is to find the problem and then you bid the problem and and then you repair the problem. So there's a diag fee, then there's parts, and then there's labor, and we're done. That that's that's really bothersome. Uh, in addition to that, we also have um, this, something else that just rankles me to no end. Shop Supplies is $67 on this ticket. Shop Supplies is 67 Now, don't forget that they've flushed it with two very high-quality... Lotions. They used these lotions to try to flush your fuel injectors because we think it was the fuel injectors, and it really isn't the fuel injectors, but we think it was, and we took a very high first-class fuel pack and then another rail cleaner, and the, prop- the parts on those were $165 for those two flush gizmos, and neither one of those did anything for you either so the diagnostic of 165 didn't do anything and then when you start talking about $289.99 and that's for the two cans of cleaner installed in your car plus the labor of of is $289.99 you got nothing you 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 have to be part of the of the talk on this and you have to you have to say okay your diagnostic um you're going to get to the end right and you're going to tell me what's wrong with it and then give me an estimate and to be honest with you, about ten percent of the time, most shops are going to say, "Yeah, the the diagnostic, um, we're going to charge you eighty bucks because we found it and fixed it for eighty bucks." That's really what it's. It happens a lot. You're just too embarrassed to charge three hundred dollars for diagnostic because maybe you gave them that window. Well, the diagnostic is ten to three hundred. Come on. Most of us know that it's going to take an hour or two, and it can't be more than two, 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 two hours, depending on your what your labor rate is. So those are the kinds of things that, that just bother you. Shop supplies of $67. They've already charged you for the two lotions to clean up your injectors. What other shop supplies did they use? what else did they do and usually shop supplies is a derivative of all your parts but in this particular case the only thing in parts they had was two cans of of uh, rail cleaner injector cleaner so at the end of the day they got four hundred fifty five dollars in labor thirty seven in sales tax sixty seven in shop supplies three hundred sixty four dollars in uh, parts and the ticket was nine twenty four thirty six So, I, I I am not applying for a job to fix your car, there are plenty of shops in this town that don't do this. All I'm saying is is if, if your local shop that you've patronized for a very long time um, has recently sold or changed hands, um, I, I would advise you to, to carefully scrutinize what they say and I think you'll find that you're going to say to yourself, things have changed. The people have changed, the staff has changed, the verbiage has changed, how they answer the phone has changed, those kinds of things. I'm thinking that this might be just one of the many, but I don't know. But this is clearly well outside industry standards in any way, shape, or form. And we can't charge you almost $1,000 and then tell you that... (laughs) We couldn't find the problem. <laughs> you just can't do that. You, you, somewhere along the line, you, you, you back up and you say, you know, I, I spent three hours. I'm $150 an hour, so I spent three hours on it, but I'm only going to charge you an hour because I really didn't find anything, and, and I really wasn't very useful to you. And you have to wait till it gets worse and easier to find that 's kind of the rap that 's exactly what you're going to hear, but it's not your bill is nine hundred and twenty four dollars and i didn't i can 't fix your car and I tried, and you spent all my guess i i guessed on your money and I tried to fix it, and i can 't so you owe me nine twenty four but in their defense there's a battery in there for two hundred and some odd dollars that um, The battery was one hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents, so that was something that was needed. So the battery and the labor associated with the battery is uh, the only acceptable here that I see, and and obviously that's not going to be very much money. At the end of the day, your shop um, is going to be a chain store, or or it's going to be a dealership, um, or it's going to be a a private owner kind of a shop. They all have, they all have. car repair work that's advantageous to the normal customer. So a chain store is more likely to have specials on cooling system flushes, transmission services, um, uh, injector flushes, uh, all kinds of stuff, cooling system flushes, there's lots of flushes going on. But the most important part of all that, that verbiage is you need to open up your owner's manual and look at your owner's manual because industry, there are a lot in our industry that are telling people that they need to do their flushes at 30,000 miles. But in reality, in the last four or five years, virtually all the flushes have a 100,000 mile call. So when you talk about cooling system, power steering, brake fluid, transmission, differentials, transfer case, the fluids almost every car in the last four or five years has called for a 100,000 mile. And here's the difference. Yes, it's true that we used to do those at 30, but that was in the 70s. Today, the fluids are so far superior to the the uh, elephant urine that we used in the '70s <laughs> to put into your car, and it was just one of those things. So our new synthetic oils, and 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 that's really the the foothold is the new synthetic oils and the new synthetic fluids are f- so far superior to what we put in your car in the '70s, and the '80s, and the '90s, and and even to some extent in the first half of the of the 2000s. So there are there is a difference, but it's your responsibility to look at your owner's manual, and if the shop thinks that they can get away with telling you that you're on a 30,000-mile call on all the fluids, and, and you, you know, I don't want to give you an, an estimate right now because I don't want to scare you, but really it's like $2,000. We could just do one now, and then it's your next oil change. We'll do another, and we'll do another. That's kind of what you might hear, and maybe you, you want to bite on that. It's okay. It's your money, but that's not what the owner's manual says, and the owner's manual says... Is and the manufacturer of the of your car is talking to you through the owner's manual, and they are saying this is what you need to do. There's a lot of shops that are going to look at it and go, Well, Arizona's different. To some extent, we are. They might speed it up, but we're not going to go from 100,000 miles to 30,000 miles. It's not going to happen. If if we want to classify Arizona, then instead of 100,000 miles, maybe you do it 10,000 miles early, 10% early. Even maybe 20% early. Who cares? The fact of the matter is, is you can justify that. But you can't say, the owner's manual is not written for Arizona. It says 100,000. You need to do it at 30. That only benefits one person. And that's the person that just had those words come out of their mouth because they can sell you three flushes of a fluid in the 100,000 miles when really your owner's manual and the guy that made your car is only calling for one. So those are the things, and you know, every time you look in your owner's manual, you're going to save yourself money. So if I say to you, um, I know that it's hundred, it's worth $100 to you if you just read your manual, 99 times out of 100, I'll win that bet. So 602-508-0960, you got a question or a car question or a car problem or a car comment, or if you don't like my rant, I'm okay with that. I mean, You're welcome. You can have time to tell me why I shouldn't have done what I did. Of course, my mother will call me shortly, but... At the end of the day, 602-508-0960.
1: November 8th is coming, and it will be Arizona's choice to continue with the Democrats' blueprint for socialism or reclaim our Republican form of government and stand for freedom. The battle lines are drawn. 960 The Patriot and Wired Differently invite you to join Charlie Kirk, Mike Gallagher, Brandon Tatum, Seth Liebson, and other special guests for the Battleground Talkers Tour coming to Phoenix on Sunday, October 23rd. Are you going to stand for this? You haven't been to the border.
0: And I haven't been to Europe. And I, I I I don't understand the point that you're making.
1: I didn't think so. Join us to dissect the most important election in the history of our country. We'll discuss the economy and inflation, the border crisis, our civil rights under attack, and the real effects the Biden administration is having on this country. The Battleground Talkers Tour. Charlie Kirk, Mike Gallagher, Brandon Tatum, and Seth Leibson. For details, go to 960thepatriot.com. Brought to you in part by Job Creators Network and Midas Gold Group.
0: Hey, kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985.
4: A metathesis reaction?
0: Compounds, mixtures, and
1: elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment.
0: Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for the mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids and the Ad Council.
4: Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt
0: Hey, Patriot listeners, Charlie Kirk here. Don't miss joining me and Mike Gallagher and Brandon Tatum Sunday afternoon, October 23rd, for the Battleground Talkers Tour. This election is so important from our Senate race to our governor's race, the House races, the county attorney. We cannot afford not to win, and it's going to be tough and very close, but we can do this. We must do this. Join us October 23rd as we discuss the stakes and what we all need to know and do. More info at 960thepatriot.com.
4: To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does, especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
1: Looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines? There's only one station for you, 960thepatriot and 960thepatriot.com.
5: All about that theme and all welcome, back everybody.
3: 34 minutes after the hour at 10 o'clock, you're welcome to join us if you have a comment card question or a comment, and if you want to deviate from the what we've been talking about uh, about how shops take advantage of, of customers, then you want to talk about oil changes, or if you want to talk about, my husband says this and I say this, then 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Um. I have another ticket here in my hand where a customer um, took his car in because the right front brake caliper moved out of position and locked up the right front tire on his car. So he's driving down the road, and when he goes to apply the brake, then all of a sudden the right front tire locks up, the car kind of swerves to the right, goes, you know, and he, he gets it into a parking lot, and then he takes it to the shop. When he picks the car up, the bill is $1,394.44. Folks, um, it, even in the repair order from the shop, it says the customer heard a clunk and grinding on the right front wheel. Then the wheel locked up. Okay, that's really important because the clunk is one of the bolts in the caliper came loose. The caliper swung up clockwise and, and when it did, it hit the spinning inside of the wheel, okay? So the caliper has two pins, front, top and bottom, and those pins hold it in place, and the caliper's job is to squeeze the brake pads and make the brakes work. That's how it works. Well, when one of the pins doesn't get put in right, or with one of the pins brakes, or when one of the pins worked its way out, whatever then the caliper, when you apply the brakes, the caliper will swing up and it will lock up the right front wheel, the left front wheel, whichever wheel the caliper is now loose on. So he takes it in. 99 times out of 100, when I've seen this, we replace the caliper and sometimes the caliper mount, because sometimes it's broken too. The caliper, the mount, you're going to have to put pads in it. But you're going to get a set for both fronts, so you're going to go ahead and put new fronts new pads on the driver's side, new pads on the passenger side, so you're going to do kind of a hundred and twenty five dollar brake job and uh, and then the caliper itself is going to, and that um, is going to cost you somewhere in the vicinity of another hundred and twenty five dollars so you're going to be in the two fifty range and I'm just throwing numbers out there because I'm doing the best I can because in a generic kind of car so this is what they did after they write down hurt clunk and grind right front wheel locks up again. The clunk is the caliper came loose. The grind is the spinning wheel is now being shaved. The aluminum wheel is now sh- being shaved by the sharp edge of the caliper. And then the right front wheel locked up. Finally, the caliper digs into the wheel real good, and boom, that's it. They charged, They went in, and they they replaced the caliper right front, and the bill was 124 um for the part, and that's good. That's right in the number area. Then they replaced the right front caliper, and the, the caliper itself was 124, and they, they said 243, and that should include the bleeding of the brakes. But then they replaced the hub assembly for $630. They replaced both wheel bearings in the hub assemblies on both driver's side and passenger sides at 343. Um, then they, they had a standard diagnostic fee of $48, so the bill's $1,300. There was no reason, there never has been a reason to replace the hub bearings on both sides because a caliber came loose on the right side or the left side. So if the caliber comes loose on the right front, the passenger side front, that has no effect whatsoever of the wheel bearings on the driver's side. They don't share the same fluid. They don't share the same anything. It has nothing to do with that. So to replace the hubs and the wheel bearings and take this bill to $1,394 is very questionable. Why would you do that? Now, here's the self-defense mechanism for you. Every time you have something like this, you, you insist at the very beginning, I want all my old parts back. I want you to, you, they come in boxes, the new parts come in boxes. So you take the box, open the box and put the new part on. But take the old part, put it in the box and put it in the trunk of my car. My husband or my brother, he likes to do autopsies on all that kind of stuff. And I just patronize him and I give him all my old parts back. And he says, I know what happened and stuff like that but you need your old parts because this is a very defendable position because the shop went way overboard especially when they stopped working on the right front and transferred its complaints and problems to the left front there's no relationship there none at all the pro it's like having a flat tire on the right front and they, they want to replace all three all the rest of the three tires doesn't make sense so anyway, these are the kinds of things that I get in the newspaper, and I figured today would be the day that I would rant and rave about the worst of our industry. I want to tell you, though, I would venture a guess that 60 to 65% of all the shops in the Valley are good guys. They try hard. They work well. They know the customer. They have good customer base. Uh, they've been around a long time, but that leaves about 30% of them out there that um, are are. They have a swimming pool, mor- they got a mortgage and a swimming pool payment. They got some kids in college and uh, they don't have enough work. And so then they make up the work and then they start selling you stuff to pad their wallet and take money out of your wallet and put it in their wallet. And it's it's parts and labor that you don't need, you didn't need, but unfortunately they sold it to you. So that's why you ask for your old parts back. You always ask for your old parts back. And you just say to them, put them back in the box that you got the new ones out of and just put them in the trunk of my car. My brother, my husband, my brother's husband, my my husband's brother, whatever. Make up a story. Just get the parts. And that's the easy part. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. There's five lines open. You got a car question, car problem?
0: Give me a call. It's the new year and time for a new you. Marketing your business is hard.
2: It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So, when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at salemsurround.com, and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers salemsaround.com.
1: The coming midterm election may be the most important election in the history of our country. The battle lines are drawn. The war for America's soul is on the line. 960 The Patriot and Wired Differently invite you to join Charlie Kirk, Mike Gallagher, Brandon Tatum, Seth Lebson, and other special guests for the Battleground Talkers Tour coming to Phoenix on Sunday, October 23rd. Now is your chance to help freedom win. November 8th is coming, and it will be Arizona's choice to either double down on the Democrats' blueprint for
0: socialism, which gets you more of this. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die.
1: Or we can reclaim our freedom and our Republican form of government. The Battleground Talkers Tour with Charlie Kirk, Mike Gallagher, Brandon Tatum, and Seth Liebsen. For details, go to 960thepatriot.com. That's 960thepatriot.com. Brought to you in part by Job Creators Network and Midas Gold Group.
0: The 2020 political field was intense, so don't get left behind in 2021. If you're running for political office, the first thing on your to-do list needs to be securing your name on the web with a yourname.vote web domain from GoDaddy.com. Get yours now. Are you interested in protecting your assets from market volatility, rising taxes, and economic uncertainty? Then tune in to Rest Assured Retirement with Jeff Holmes to learn how you can protect and grow your hard-earned money. Rest Assured Retirement, Sundays at 1 p.m. right here on 960 The Patriot. Protect your hard-earned money today and schedule a free, no-obligation consultation now at RestAssuredRetirement.com. All
3: about that demon, all
0: Hey everybody, mobile, the man the 43 minutes after the hour wheel, 10 o'clock, let's go to the phones.
3: Mike's on the phone. Mike, how are you today? What can I do for you?
5: I'm great, Mark. Really enjoyed the show. Thank you. I was, you. Uh, was calling, I've got a 1965 Mustang I just bought a little bit ago, which seemed pretty fun and it uh, was running really good when I got it and we went on vacation for a couple of weeks, came back and there was no fuel getting delivered to the carburetor. So I changed out the fuel filter, it was clogged up, uh, still no fuel, uh, was able to get the blow out all the fuel lines, and um, get fuel running back through the electric fuel pump, and now it's running too rich, it won't, won't run. It's run like a dream when I bought it, so I'm trying to figure out what I should approach next.
3: Okay, so um, you, after it sat for a while, you cranked it over and, and it wouldn't start, and you determined that the, the absence of fuel was causing the no-start condition. Okay. And did you do that like by using carburetor spray and spraying the intake, and it started up, and then it ran for a second and died, and you go, okay, one and one equals two? Well, I,
5: two? I looked, looked in there. There was no fuel, uh, and when I bought it, there was a clogged-up fuel filter in the trunk, so that was kind of an indicator. So I, I bought a clear fuel filter, okay. and it was getting no fuel to it when I put that in. Uh, so I blew out all the lines and was able to get fuel running back into the electric fuel pump that way.
3: Okay, now your '65 Mustang didn't come with an electric fuel pump. Is it mounted on the rail of the frame? Is it in the back of the car? Is it no, the it's car? mounted
5: up high where it shouldn't be. It's okay. in the uh, it's in the engine compartment, uh, pretty far above the fuel pump or above the fuel line. I mean to say.
3: Well, it doesn't really make any difference how high or how low an electric fuel pump is. It can be anywhere you want it to be when you turn the key so to it's the a, on position. The
5: Holley pump. When I looked up the specs online, it said it should be. At or below the fuel tank outlet, so that's on the long-run project are trying to get that probably in the right place. But well, if it's an uh, electric it seems pump, to be, It, seems it to be running now.
3: It doesn't. If it's an electric pump, it doesn't make any difference where the heck it's mounted.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make any difference. There's going to be a check valve in there that's going to hold the pressure forward, so it may drain from the suction side of the of the fuel pump back down to the tank. But as soon as you turn it on, it's going to go like that and pull pressure on it. So um, okay. it, it, today, it, does it run and start now or just crank and not start? So I
5: can get it get it started, but I can't get it to stay running at idle, and it's running really rich. So the only other thing I did, I um, was checking the spark plugs to see what what was going on in there, and they were all pretty old and cruddy, so I pulled those out and uh, really carbon-rich, and it looks like it's been running rich for a while.
3: Okay. It's got a holly on it?
5: Yes, four barrel okay. Harley Carb. Okay,
3: and you say it's running rich, and so is it blowing black smoke, and you can and it's flooding, and you can look down the venturis, and you can see raw gas going into the motor.
5: Yes, uh, although the the smoke is mostly uh, more of a gray color.
3: Okay, okay. Like a lighter, Well, lighter I, I color. need gray is fine, black is. I mean that would go hand in hand with your description of it's really running rich because black is really, really running rich, Um, you could have that the fuel pump is overcoming the needle and seat on the carburetor, and the fuel pump should be set somewhere between 3 and 4 and maybe 5 PSI. And someone should have had a a fuel pump that was for that PSI, but if you've got a 15 or a 20-pound fuel pump on there, um, it's likely to overcome the needle and seat in the Holley carburetor. If that's the case, you could pinch off the you could just disconnect the electrical at the fuel pump and start the car up and just kind of nurse it along and there'll come a time when the float level drops down and it stops flooding internally. And when you do that then all of a sudden it'll run real good, run real good. You rev it. Mm, 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 mm. you, Oh, everything's fine, everything's fine. Just stay there. Don't go anywhere because you'll, you'll be walking home and you just stay there and pretty soon the bowls will run empty and when they run empty you pump it a couple times and it dies and you go, okay, well there's a sweet spot in that bowl where it's this is too low and this is too high the too high causes black smoke and it runs rich and the too low causes it to die so I know that my floats good in the carb and so now I have to just figure out how come I'm overcoming the needle and seat from the electric fuel pump what part of town do you live in
5: Uh, Tempe luckily
3: okay Um, most everybody I know right now is five to ten days out I know that we're 10 days out, but that's not a tough thing for some old gray-haired guy with gray hair creeping out of the neck of his uh, T-shirt, because we all were born and raised on those kinds of, of, of things. But I, I I would be interested, you have a rubber line that goes to the holly. I'd be interested if you put a pair of needle nose pliers on that rubber line, you got it running, kind of pinch it off and hold it there, get it running until it will run by itself and then let go of the needle nose, and that should flood it again. And if that's the case, and now it floods again, then it'll die. Then what we have to do is we've got to get all the trash out of the tank. And it sounds like we've got unfiltered, or un, we've got fluid, coming, a gas coming out of the tank. It's going through the pump, and the filter's not taking a lot of the trash out, or you have too much pressure, and we're overcoming the needle and seat. So have you ever taken the top off of a holly carburetor?
5: I have not.
3: Uh, okay, I wouldn't uh,
5: do it if like I were you. something I'm going to be doing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, I'm, I'm wanting to learn. That's why I bought the car. I just uh, got it a little quicker than I was hoping to.
3: Yeah. So I'm going kind of um, to ease into it a little bit. It, a lot of us will just pop the top off to Holly and look at it, and we're going to look at the needle and seat on the float, and if it's full of trash, then we know we've got to go backwards, and that's our work's going to be between the carburetor inlet and the fuel tank. On the other hand, if everything's really good and clean, then we're going to put everything back together, put a pressure gauge on it, and find out what kind of PSI we're pushing forward. We know that we need two or three, maybe four, but we don't want five to ten, not at all. And and those are the kinds of things. But your Holley carburetor, now I know that all the Mustang guys that are my friends right now, they know what I'm going to say, but I don't like Holley carburetors. They are, a, they are just a... We work on those all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> the power valve goes bad. They flood. They have air leaks. I mean, it's crazy. There's a lot of other carburetors that you could put on there that would give you the power and performance without the Holly, And it's entirely possible. It's just sitting on a V8, right? 289, something like yeah. that? Yeah. Okay, that yeah, could be 89. a four, five, six, seven hundred 700 CFM holly And it could be made for a motor that's got twice the horsepower and breathes twice as much air as what you have. So there's those yeah, kinds no, of moving parts um, uh, i I, I, I want to at to...
5: least get it uh, driving around before I had to take it to a mechanic
3: <laughs> yeah yeah I, and, and i I think um, well, the question is is it's running rich, clearly it's running rich, so is the needle and seat got trash in it, or is the fuel pump too heavy or t- too much pressure for the system? Those are the two things, because that's that's the check valves. We're going to pressurize the the system, and the needle and seat's going to fill up the bowl, and then it's going to shut it off. Fill up the bowl, and then shut it off, and it's going to keep the gas level inside the bowl at a pretty one line area. So, I mean, the diagnostic on this could be, um, boy, that the diagnostic on this could be a hundred to two hundred dollars. But the good news would be this. There is a 50-50 chance that the diagnosis costs you $125 and the repair costs you 10 bucks. <laughs> There's a possibility yeah, of that because you'd find it and fix it at the same time. So those are the things that, uh, that you're up against. What part of Tempe do you live in?
5: Uh, we're uh, Guadalupe and McClintock, so we're not too far from you guys.
3: Okay, well, you if 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 we happen to be your choice, just call and get an appointment. Um, and and another thing you could do is is um, you can ask permission to bring the car in, even though you're ten days out. And then you would be susceptible to the opening that became available. So if there was two cars in front of you that were there waiting for their turn, they'd be in front of you. But after the third no show, then it would be you. So that's that's okay. kind of what everybody's doing, and I think that's what that what's that's what we're doing as well.
5: Okay. Sounds okay. great. Well, uh, we'll we'll follow up with a couple of those ideas and then probably most likely be seeing you guys
3: soon. Okay. Well, good luck to you. Thank you very All much right. for calling. Thank you. You bet. 602-508-0960. If you have a car question or a car problem, um, I can guide you. Um, and there's three, three answers to the questions, yes, no, or I don't know. Now, the women have no problem with yes, no, and I don't know. But the guys, <laughs> for whatever reason, and I'm one of them. Sometimes we just don't know how to say I I I don't know, and and that's a good answer because that then at least we don't go off on the wrong tangent. Um, old cars right now are are pretty popular. There's a lot of guys that uh, drove Mustangs and Camaros and Roadrunners and Dodges and stuff like that that can now afford to own one again. And of course the technology is Fred Flintstone error compared to the port fuel injected, sequential port fuel injected, um, variable valve timing, um, (laughs) and and hot rod motors that we have today. The 283 and the 327, the small block Chevys and Fords, and small block is the small V8s. That's what they call a small block. Those things had between 165 and maybe 195 horsepower. We have four cylinder motors in the small import cars that have twice that horsepower and they're, they're, it's just a completely different animal in how we deliver fuel how we, and when we spark. Do we hit the spark early? Do we hit the spark late? What the emissions are involved in? Uh, where your foot's at? How much vacuum the engine has at this particular point? Because of all the computers and all the inputs to the computers, the computer can make an intelligent decision on what to do next. So in the old days, you have to, points in condenser, and in in Mike's case, his carburetor's flooding, and the question uh, that I gave him was, is are we pumping too much pressure forward, or do we have a needle and seat problem in the carburetor? And that's kind of how it works. And we have a caller. uh, Say hello to Scott. Scott, good morning.
2: Good morning, Mark. How are you?
3: I'm good. I'm good.
2: Good. Here's what I got. I've got a 2004 Chevy Silverado that's got about 260,000 miles on it. It's my daily driver. It's my work truck. And I've maintained it pretty well. Well, it just died on the highway a few weeks ago and I had it towed. They couldn't diagnose it. Um, had it towed to another shop and they found out there was water in the fuel tank quite a bit. And he said it was probably done on purpose because there was so much in there. Well, so they had to pull a fuel tank. Um, you know, there's a thousand bucks. Um, I had a new fuel pump put on recently um and it was getting pressure to the engine. Well they you know they cleaned out um the system and but it ended up um with it's running but there's one cylinder. It's a four point three liter V six. One cylinder that uh he said there was um the, the ring probably from the water caused the piston ring to go bad. So it's really it's firing on five cylinders right now. It's running. It's running rough. Um, so I need to know if there's anything I can do about that, or if I should put a new engine in there.
3: Well, I, I you know I can't answer some of those questions, but I can tell you I I wish you would have called your insurance company. Um, for the car, when you found out that somebody, um, it looks like, and the shop's going to testify that the tank's full of water and looks like somebody stuck a hose in there, could have been a neighborhood kid, it could have been your wife's girl boyfriend. it could have been somebody that doesn't like you, whatever the reason is, that's covered under your insurance if you have a comprehensive policy, if you have more than liability. And the insurance companies hire guys like me to go out there and look at the car. Yep, the tank's full of fuel. Yep, it's it's something that is a big time deal, and so they pay for it all. But you're deductible, and and it, what needs to happen is we need to identify what is going wrong, and 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 this is a 2004. So I'm I'm assuming that 4.3 is fuel injected. Yes. Yes. Okay, now that's a throttle body on top of that. It's got a carburetor-looking throttle body on the top of the motor. So the two injectors there feed all six cylinders. I don't okay. think you have port fuel injection where you have six individual injectors on the intake runners on that 4.3. I think I don't think, but I, I could be wrong. It's going to be one or the other. It's going to have a throttle body on the top with two injectors on it, or it's going to have one injector for each cylinder. Either way, this is on a 1 to 10 scale for gray-haired guys and ASE master certified technicians and stuff. On a 1 okay. to 10 scale, this is a 3 or a 4 diagnosis. It's no big deal. I don't know what the okay. bill is going to be. But if it's got a bad injector, sometimes you just pop the injector out and swap it with the cylinder next door, and then you start it up, and if the problem moves next door, then it's the injector. <laughs>
2: I think that's what he did. He did replace one of the injectors.
3: But it still runs bad, and now he's blaming it on the pistons and the rings.
2: Well, he said they did. They, they tested that with somehow. the, the
3: Well, he probably did a, he probably did a wet, did he say anything about a wet-dry compression test?
2: He did a compression test, but he didn't tell me what type. So
3: Okay. Okay, so what happens is is if we think the rings are all boogered up or if we think they're broken, then we run a compression test. Then we squirt some oil into the cylinder, and then we run another compression test, and if the compression comes up dramatically, then the rings are a problem. That's what's, what, what a wet and dry compression test is. I- so it's a diagnostic process. Okay. So really and truly, what has to happen now is somebody just has to figure out why we're not hitting on one cylinder, and it could now don't eliminate spark plug, spark plug wire, distributor, distributor cap. He, re- he replaced all, he replaced all those. Oh God Almighty! There's no reason to re- to, to to replace this stuff. There's we we have the ability to test it we have the ability to check to see what kind of kvs we got out of the spark plugs and stuff like that there's no reason to guess on a this is a fred flintstone car this is this is a car that all of us older guys have, what part of town do you live in
2: north scottsdale
3: okay uh, i'd probably go to combs automotive combs c o m b s or okay. go to blackwell um and, and either one of those two guys, I can tell you right now, either one of those two guys, they aren't going to guess. They're not going to have to guess at all. They're going to go in, find the problem, and call you with an estimate. So I don't know if it needs a motor or not, but, but, and if they do, they'll tell you, yes, it needs a motor, here's why, and here's it is, and here's some pictures, because we dropped a camera down on the motor and took pictures for you. That's the best I can offer you. If you want to stay and talk some more, stay right there. We'll be back in about three or four minutes